Welcome to 305 Live. I'm Grant Stern, filling in tonight for Social Media 305. We're here to bring you a special report on the documentary film Miami Boheme, which is coming out tomorrow night on PBS television at 9 p.m. That's Channel 2 at 9 p.m. tomorrow night, March 27th, 2014. The Miami Bohem movie was directed by award-winning director Joe Gardona and produced by Steve Reutstein, who also appears in the film as its narrator. The film follows the Miami music scene and six local acts that created a new Miami sound fusing Latin, American, Cuban, and African rhythms and sounds into something completely new, a Miami fusion sound. Those groups are Suenalo, Locos Por Juana, Elastic Bond, Afrobeta, the Spam All-Stars. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you making it through this difficult traffic today. Yeah, well, should I use my announcer's voice or should I use my regular voice? <laughs> anything you want, my friend. It's fun. I like I like that anything you want thing. I think I'll just use my regular voice. Okay, th- this is the only in Miami show. Anything you want is a rule, cool. not a possibility. Dig that. So tell me a little bit about Miami Boheme. Miami Boheme, or as I've gotten to call it, Miami Boheme. Miami um, Boheme is a documentary film which is being premiered Wednesday, March 19th in The Stage, which is our new home. Palo, us is Palo. My band is called Palo. Right. And the film is subheaded. The subtitle is An American Musical Journey. So the full title is Miami Boheme, An American Musical Journey. And it's a film about the local Latin fusion music scene of bands that have formed their own sound here, a very Miami sound. Um, Palo is my band, but uh, there are five other bands featured in the film, including Afro Beta, Elastic Bond, Spam All-Stars, Locos Por Juana, and Suenalo. Suenalo. So it's just an amazing group of talent that we were able to cover. And the film was directed by two incredible guys, Ralph Gonzalez, who is the director of photography and uh, also the editor. And as you mentioned, Joe Cardona, who we're probably going to be talking to in a few minutes. Joe is an Emmy award-winning documentarian who's done incredible music films and other kinds of films. He's he's a true Miamian. He grew up here, and he has a big stake in this city as far as documenting our history and our unique history. And um, so Joe really um, was the driving force behind this film as far as knowing how to tell the story. So Joe, Joe is very much the storyteller for this film. Actually, Joe and Ralph both had their own roles because, of course, film is a visual medium, and the story is told through images. And Ralph is a master of imagery. Ralph is an incredible photographer. And if you love Miami, you will see your city as it really is, not as major media outlets want to portray it to be for whatever reason they want to. Well, Miami has a glitzy reputation, but I feel like a, a lot of the media likes to go to South Beach and say it's Miami, and then sometimes they come to Miami and they want to make it look like South Beach is actually a gritty, real, street-wise kind of place. And uh, and it's odd. It's odd. People out outside of the city have a very odd, uh, like uh, an odd visual spectrum because they don't really know what's downtown, what's South Beach. 
They just it's all confabulated. Yeah, it's true. And I, I love Miami Beach. I have nothing against Miami Beach at all. I think Miami Beach, South Beach in particular, are gems of our of South Florida. I just feel that as myself as a traveler, when I travel to another city, um, I typically prefer if I have a friend who lives there, I'd rather crash at their place. And oh, sure, and find out what's really going on. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big guy for the tour bus because I feel like I'm sort of seeing all the safe, easy stuff, and I'm not seeing the real city. And that's I want to see what the locals know. So this film kind of gives you a glimpse into that. Well, I was saying to somebody earlier today, we were at the Coconut Grove Arts Festival. Yeah. And and they said to me, well, some people actually go to this festival just for the food, like just for the festival food, like the fair food. And I said, you know, Calle Ocho is like a food fair every single day mm -hmm. because you have these little mom and pops that are serving up. Like, for example, uh, there's one that I just went to and it's down the street from here, Pinolandia. All right. It's, it's on the corner of... Northwest First Street and West uh, South no, Northwest Twelfth Avenue. Excuse me. It's very close to West Flagler and Twelfth. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's very very close to Marlins Park. It's right off of the eight thirty six. For those of you out there who want to just try it sometime, it's open actually very late. And cool. what they do is they have an enormous enormous parrilla, a, a, a barbecue, and all they cook on that barbecue is steak, carne asada. Nice. And they take like thirty gallon, like you know, thirty gallon garbage cans, and just season the steak overnight or for a couple of days in there. Yeah. And then put it on this steak only grill, and they have a huge steam table full of beautiful. all the different vegetables. I mean, it is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what we um, are trying to show in the film is, um, you know the people that live here and that have invested their life here, like yourself, and like um, not only the musicians who have been forming their sound. That really, they all pretty much say the same thing: that their sound could not have been the same had they not been here in this city. But we also cover the venues, the amazing venues. Like um, some of the footage was shot actually live of a couple of the bands playing in the stage. Um, the v footage of Paolo was shot in PAX. In PAX Miami, the Performing Arts Exchange, which yeah. is not currently open right now. Right, yeah. They're either closed forever or closed for some period of time, and we're, we're going to see what happens with that. We're very sad to have seen PAX go because that was really one of the cornerstones of what is unfortunately a somewhat fragile um, situation here. Um, supporting the arts is something that our government doesn't seem to be on its own very interested in doing so we're left just with the venues and the fans to support what we're trying to do and thankfully it's given birth to this incredibly rich scene so i i don't mean to underestimate the power of these venues because what they've done is really facilitated what what seems to be according to after doing this film and watching what everyone's saying it seems to be a movement i i agree it is a movement and i've been involved for a while myself um as as we haven't said yet, I I am in the film, I believe. Yeah, yes, you I are. Hope, you I hope I didn't get cut or you know no, wind you, up on the. You, no, I'm not no, on the cutting room floor. You didn't end up okay. on any, any floor, as far as I know. Okay, good, good. Um, you know, I, I've seen that this scene has come and gone, and you know, every single time it's taken a step back, it takes two giant leaps forward. That's that's how I've seen it. I mean, 
when I was in the, you know, wasn't when I was in high school, there was a scene, and it revolved very much around like Neil Lara, remember yes. Neil? And, oh yes. And uh, the the Stephen Talkhouse. Right? Oh yeah, I remember that scene. And uh, and then you know things went downhill. The South Beach grew up. Uh, jazz had stuck around, mm-hmm. and Jazz it is still actually one of the venues that some of these groups play at pretty frequently. Yes, and Jazz it was one of the venues that we featured. We. Um that's on South Beach on Washington and 13th Street. Yeah, and it's it's a great another great place. It's another place that gives these bands an opportunity to to, to start and to grow. Jazz it I think is my favorite hole in the wall uh for live music. I mean just hole in the wall. It's tiny. You get right up there next to the stage. If the act is good, you just you dance, you have a good time and and I mean you're dancing with the band really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we're we're known internationally for our discotheques and you know our more like electronic music. Ultrafest obviously is an amazing thing, and there's a lot of and, great. And Ultrafest really came here because of the discotheques, because of the nightclubs and the scene that they created that DJs took advantage of, and those DJs actually still play these scenes. So yeah, and it's a great scene if if that's what you're into. And you know I love electronic music, but I just am a musician who plays an instrument and I write songs and they have singing on them. Great. Well, let's let's take this call. We've got Joe Cardona on the line. Joe? Hey, fellas. How you doing? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Great. Thanks for calling into the show. Appreciate it. How are you tonight? <laughs> Super. So, thanks, thanks for having me, by the way. Oh, love to have you on. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to create Miami Boheme. Well, Grant, I think it's what inspires all of us who have been following these bands for years now. It's a unique sound that that uh, has, has, was bred here in Miami. It's a mixture of all our cultures, and I think it's a true Miami art form. Absolutely, I agree. So you're a fan. I am a fan, and really it's born from that. It's born from many years of going out to see, you know, Palo Suenalo, um, Spam, obviously, um, and it's that cool hybrid sound that I think I think brings people together in this community. I think so too. So tell me this: which group got you in? Which which group did you kind of hang out with first, or see you know get I, I into think the first? first group, the first group uh, was Spam, obviously. Yeah. Um, back way into the uh, into the late '90s, um, maybe early 2000s. So you, you attended the Fuacata event. I was a Fuacata person. And in fact, in the film, there's footage that I shot in Fuacata in 2002. Um, so I was a longtime fan of theirs. And then along the way, obviously, Palo and Suenalo were bands that, that uh, you know, caught my attention. And it's kind of mushroomed. And I think it's a, it's a unique hybrid sound. It's a unique jam band kind of sound with maybe a little Latin twist. Um, I think a big Latin Chronica. twist, especially yeah, the, big the, Latin twist. The, the congas. Um, the horns, um, a lot of the rhythms, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of them were actually very influenced by fish, if you yeah. can imagine that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I just got to say, I, I just got to say my first group that I listened to of the five that are in this film is, is Suenalo. But when I was listening to them, I was also playing because I happened to be friends with some of those guys from the original group. And right. before there was a Suenalo, there was just a big jam at a friend's house. Uh, right. In Little Havana, Monkey Village, the Monkey Village, and and that's where it all kind of started for me, anyway. Um, so yeah, did well, you? You know that that's in the film too. By yeah. The way. So did you actually go to the Monkey Village? 
I visited the Monkey Village on once, maybe two, two occasions, um, and I thought it was a cool scene. I mean, it was uh, kind of very laid back, and uh, and the rest is a haze. <laughs> the rest is a haze. Uh, you know, Nate Greenberg is still here in Miami, uh, Monkey sure himself, is. and uh, he's actually very active with the Moksha family. Um, for our listening audience, Moksha is a, a group that does, uh, they do the after party for uh, Big Night Little Haiti. What is it? Every third Friday, I believe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's every third Friday. They're on Northeast 59th Street uh, in between 2nd Avenue and 3rd Avenue. And and that's a fantastic party. If you can make it out there every third Friday, uh, they start at about 10 o'clock at night. And it's there's usually a cover charge of 10 to $20. Uh, but... If you want to see like reggae music that you just don't see anywhere else, it's not even a nightclub or a venue. It's just a private party they do once a month. And that's something that Miami has. It's special. So, uh, Joe, before we go to the clip, because we're going to actually play the extended clip, uh, give us your, your final thoughts before we see the movie. What, what should we be anticipating with Miami Boheme? I tell you, just, just go there with uh, open ears, I should say, and an open heart. And uh, to any Miami music fan or any music fan in general, this is going to be a unique experience. I think it's a heartfelt film. I think you're going to see Miami um, from, from, from Miamians' perspectives. And I think that stands out in the film. This is a film by Miamians for Miamians. Um, and I think it's a groovy experience and certainly an oral experience, A-U-R-A-L. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for specifying. Yeah, yeah. the other thing that, that I'm proud of, Joe, is that um, because this is going into the PBS national pipeline, that potentially millions of people outside of our city are going to see this film and see what um, even a lot of people in Miami don't know about now the rest of the country is going to be able to discover this sort of, unfortunately, hidden gem is not going to be as hidden anymore, hopefully, and, and we'll be able to be on the radar screen of more people. Uh, well, you I, know, it, it's interesting because today, actually, Grant's name came up, Steve, when we were talking, because it was like, one of the things that I think strikes up conversation amongst people who are from here and live here uh, is, is, is these bands and this music. And it's like we have more common, regardless of where we're from originally, uh, we have more in common with each other, those of us that have been bred here, uh, than with folks from wherever we're from originally. And so what's beginning to happen is this identity is Miamians, and I hope it continues. Um, and this is certainly something to help kind of bolster that and let people know that there is such a thing as a Miami sound once again. That's fantastic. So thank you so much for coming hey, on the show, Joe. Me, and, and congrats, congrats on the show, Grant. It's really terrific and oh, much needed. Thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate it. So we're going to roll the clip. We're going to get, what, three minutes of Miami Boheme uh, trailer. I think that's about how long, maybe 250-something. So Th yeah. About three minutes. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to be back just on the other side of the trailer. This is the Only in Miami show. Everything's different. The way we live, the way we like function. We're like an island here, you know? And we take all the cultures that are in the island and we make a, a soup out of it. You 
have this melting pot, but it's not all quite melted yet. <laughs> I think of Miami as the, as the northernmost city in the Caribbean. It's how you feel when you're hearing it. You know, it doesn't feel any different for me on, up there than it does for the person who's dancing to it in the crowd. I love our music. That's just part of my culture. It, it's delicious. <laughs> so pretty much when you cross I-95 or 395, you find what Miami really is. There's more of a vibe. There's more of a character definition, you know? It's, it's, a, certain, it's a different type of people. Que rico, you know, I feel so good. I want this, you know? This is for me. I, yo me siento my amazing. I got a groove, I'm a groove. Pulling up in my own direction. Busting out of this orbit tonight. Well, baby, I'm not your satellite. It's hard to say. I mean, uh, my whole life would have been different had I chose to live somewhere else. Y hemos hecho que la música en Miami vuelva a vivir. Y esto no lo para nadie. De verdad que esto ya a punto en que estamos no lo para nadie. That's what makes Afro-Beta Miami. Uh, the fact that we are Miamians. We live in this community. This is part of our life. This is part of our world. You find now when it's a movement when different people from out of town they're speaking about Miami. If you want to be a band in Miami and get paid and get work, you know, you gotta make people dance. Whether it's Cuban music, Colombian music, any kind of Latin music that maybe somebody fell in love with or grew up on, mashed together with whatever kind of American music that you love. That's my Miami Tony Lorenzo, a.k.a. Smurfio, is one half of the dynamic duo Afro-Beta, Afro-Beta will be featured at this year's Ultra Music Festival. Please enjoy an excerpt from our earlier interview with Tony Lorenzo of Afro-Beta. Shout out Somebody's to Afro-Beta. He's, he's he was a big part of Swanlo. He's a big part the reason why I'm in the band. Yeah. Well, so tell me the story. Well, um, him and I became friends through playing shows and being musicians in the local scene. And, and, and Andres, probably, uh, going on tours. Uh, <laughs> back <laughs> yeah, in the day, back in the day, is right. Well, and then the joke became that because he's Smurfio, turned his yeah. moniker, I became Gargamel because I'm also a multi instrumentalist like he is. <laughs> I was taking over his gigs. Anytime he couldn't make a gig, he would call me to do it. So when he'd go on tour <laughs> Basilos, he'd call me to sub in Swanalo. He'd go on tour with Pitbull, he'd call me to you know, sub in Swanalo. He started doing really well with Afrobeta, and I was subbing in a band pretty much, I subbed the whole year. You subbed the whole year. <laughs> yeah, the guys until the guys in the band were like, "Well, you might as well join the band, and you know, you play, you write songs. Let's start doing your songs too." But it's still like since you've been around, we might as well do your songs. Yeah, I mean, I was a sub for like four years before I became a member. Yeah, so I'm like, which is which is great. It gave me a chance to really get familiar and acquainted with the the, the sound, even though it's not a particular genre. There's still a a, a vibe a thing that happens with Swanalo. 
that what's that's what draws people to the band i think drew me as a fan first and then then as a member yeah tell me a little bit about that uh well it's a, it's a groove oriented dance heavy but uh, musically thought provoking you know it's 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 all those things all those things and more yeah uh, we call it out for Latin baby making that's got to go funk for a reason. There's baby making, as we can tell. Yeah, baby's all over the place. I got one coming up, man. Like two, three weeks, baby's coming. Yeah. It worked Safe for Phil, too, right? It worked for Phil, Juan, yeah. Kako. There's, there's Juan. Lots, of, lots of proud members yeah. of the baby makers club. <laughs> knock, knock on wood. Well, it sounds like the Swindelow family is growing rapidly. Oh, absolutely, is. bro. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about like some of your early days, like before you played out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's start with you. I mean, like, uh, Swanalo was my first band. Really? <laughs> yeah. They, I, I got into it with big. them playing every weekend, like, and been playing every weekend for like ten years. <laughs> wow, you started really big. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. Um, I was in a lot of rap groups beforehand, and and we had shows. But I mean, as I'm sure you're familiar well, with the yeah. genre, it's a different thing. You know, there there aren't really a lot of, at least back then, there weren't a lot of venues supporting local MCs and local producers and DJs and whatnot, you know? So uh, to get a show, it was always, uh, you know, all right, you're going to come and perform for free and do your two songs and be out. You know, it wasn't like a, like a get crazy scenario. The first band I jammed with was a local band called Aboriginals, which are some of the members actually of Mayday. Um, okay. It was their original group with uh, an MC called Discreet and another MC called Pride Rock. And uh, they were dope. They'd play all the time at the sandbar and, you know, local spots. Polish Asparagus Club, all that good stuff. <laughs> Polish Asparagus Club. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah I remember uh, the Polish American Club. That yeah. place is a barn. I mean, a total Big barn. Big time. Like, does anybody gig that place anymore? The last thing I went to there was, like, an MC battle with, like, who could roast the most, like, back in, like, 99 or 2000 or something like that. No. Shout out no, to the Ground gonna... Zero crew. <laughs> it's got to be more recent than that though i i mean that's my last journey there i stopped you catching sure? you were doing anything in, a, in, in south miami when you were i mean no I, no i mean i've got pictures from the first moksha mm-hmm. which was at polish american in 2000 uh 2002 Oof. that was the first moksha that was the first moksha wow yeah. Now, Itahui correa he is the lead singer of locos por juana yes and you Itahui. And one of our prior guests, Steve Reutstein of Gopalo, mm-hmm. are all in this fantastic movie called Miami Boheme. Yes, sir. And that's coming out March 19th on PBS. That's next Wednesday night. That's right. Tell me a little bit about your involvement in the Miami Boheme project. You know, um, we've been involved in the early stages of it through Juan Duros, our sax player, and his wife, Denise Galvez, and go-to marketing, that they've been a big part of the whole creation of the of the film, you know, and so... It's been just really great to be a part of it. it you know, it's, it's a documentation of what's going on in the city as far as musically and what's been going on. And it's great to document those things because in 10 years, it's going to be a completely different ballgame. It's going to be great to look back on that and see what that is. That's my big, that's my big pride part of it, you know, is, is knowing that the stamp, I guess, is there, you know? Yeah, it's, it's getting documented. Joe Cardona is also involved with that. Yeah. Director. And it's just, it's just nice to have a place that, or something that's going to say, this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, look, let's reminisce. And I mean, March 19th, like you said, it's also the release party, the the, the showing party at the stage. It's going to be a really good time. I think we're all going to be there in good form. Welcome back to 305 Live. We're about to excerpt an interview with Papa G from Maya Town. 
for us that know you is that you know, you've got some hair. Oh, every day's your, Halloween for me. Yeah, uh, for our listening audience, uh, Tony is the Afro part of Afro Beta um, because he has a nice Afro. Uh, you know, but I mean, everybody like thinks about, it's a wig. Yeah, everybody thinks it's even a wig. though it's all full of gray hair. I don't. I don't understand. They don't make wigs with gray hair. I don't maybe know, they man. Do some, you, maybe they do. You you could dye your hair. That would oh. <laughs> no <laughs> no dye no dye oh natural no dice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it, it cracks me up to see yeah. you wearing a wig of all people. Oh, that uh, double wig. Right. Everybody walks up to to Tony and says, "Is that a wig?" You know what's can funny? I, at Bonnaroo in 2006, at Bonnaroo, I had I was wearing a wig. An Afro wig over my wig, and as people were walking, I would take it off. <laughs> and it just, that was a funny, funny to see people's expressions. Well, I, I mean, it just makes me think of uh, many, many years ago in the design district. Uh-huh. Do you remember the John Holmes Orchestra? Oh yeah, that's the funny. J- that was the shortest I've had my hair in twenty years. <laughs> that's that's what I remember about really? that. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was yeah. a group with four drummers. That was a mess. Uh, what was it? Like four <laughs> guitar players, a couple of bassists. Yeah. Um, Typical. Yeah, it was It was a little bit over the top. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. It was fun. It, it was yeah. actually, you know, okay, it was like in a, a huge courtyard. What was that? Uh, that was called the Piccadilly. Right. Back then it was Piccadilly. Piccadilly uh, For those of you that are familiar with the design district, it, it then became the district. It became Pacific Time. Oh, that's right. Right. Uh, it's it's the right district, there. Yes, yeah. on, on Northeast 40th Street, just east of Miami Avenue. And you guys were in the open courtyard. So actually, like having four drummers wasn't a bad idea. It wasn't actually. But uh, you had Getting paid big... was, though. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. Splitting your paycheck 14 ways is not fun. <laughs> well, okay. For our listening audience, uh, Tony's group Afro Beta is signed to Ultra Records, right? It's not Ultra Records. It, what is it's, it now? It's called Do It Entertainment. Do It Entertainment. They run ultra music festival i know it's a big okay. confusion okay. Ultra, and it's funny because now they're they've actually vent uh joined forces with ultra records so now it's this huge ultra thing so so it but is they don't they're the record label is called do it entertainment and all they do is the ultra music festival it's the brothers that one brother founded it and the other brother is is a big part of it still, but the older brother founded Ultra with some other guy. Okay. And now the little brother f- wanted to start the label, but he involved his bigger brother, also. So that's that's how it is. So so you you tour with them as well, correct? Like you toured the other Ultra festivals. We played a couple of Ultras outside of Miami, and it's a g- big growing industry outside yeah. of Miami because you know as you know we've done it here for fifteen years. We're, well, it started here. Yeah, it started it's, here. It's, yeah, it's the world's now largest it's, it's uh, music the, festival, yeah. and now it's all over the place. They're in South Africa, Australia, Chile, Argentina, Brazil, uh, Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Korea. So we've we've actually played in Korea and Brazil. I uh, hear there's nice beaches in Ibiza. Croatia. Yeah. Oh, you played oh, Ibiza too. Ibiza too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What would the uh, the largest crowd you ever played be? Hey, uh, the Brazil Ultra in Brazil was it was must have been twenty twenty five thousand people. Well, well, that's with with Afro Beta with uh, Basilos and Pitbull. I mean, eighty eighty thousand easily. Where'd you wow. play with Pitbull? Um, ugh, everywhere. 
You name it. <laughs> I mean, that guy put. We played everywhere. And name a few. World. Name a few. The the Swango Tango Festival in L.A. was really big. Um, just all the it, mostly in, in the United States. It was all all, all the biggest shows in the United States. Because uh, when I left is when he started playing some of like uh, he played. I didn't get to play with him, but Rock and Rio was really big for them. Okay, I miss that. Now, did you record with him as well? I didn't record with him. Okay, you didn't record. No, so he played it, his whole show. recording thing is a whole different process. Yeah, right. he doesn't make any of his music. He just gets it from other people. It's produced. Yeah, it's produced from he other people. It. He performs it live. Yeah, sure. He kind yeah, of. He, he, yeah, <laughs> he performs it. Yeah, on stage. Yeah, on stage. <laughs> Let's call yeah. it that. He, he performs it on it. the stage. <laughs> He does. He's he's. he's. He, but uh, yeah, I think I I, I do remember doing <laughs> uh, some uh, some radio shows with Basilos in in South America where there was eighty thousand people. Wow. Yeah, easily. I mean, are, yeah. are we talking like a you know like a it's, big? It's hill a radio or? festival. Yeah. So it's it's not just it wasn't just us. Usually it's it's it was forty. It's called los cuarenta principales, and so it's the forty biggest artists of that year play on one stage and. Yeah, they just have. It's huge, it's huge, right? So yeah. it, eighty thousand people Easily. screaming. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It could have been more or less. That that's a great. You know what? But after five thousand, you can't tell the difference between eighty and five, especially if it's at night. You can't tell. Yeah, you can't. You really can't tell if there's eighty thousand people or thirty thousand. Yeah, okay, you so lose, you are like yeah, for that, that the show. Lights, the, the, the one I'm thinking kind of, of yeah, the one you, that right? I'm thinking that was eighty thousand people. It just. It just kept going. You couldn't tell where it ended and started. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. Welcome to the show, Papa G. Papa G, you're out there with me. Thank you very much. Yes, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. It is an honor and a pleasure. Fantastic. So, Papa G, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. You created something called Maya Town, and what does Papa G stand for? Papa G stands for Papa Gordo. Oh, yeah? And um, I was an exchange student in Latin America back in the 80s in two lovely cities nicknamed City of Eternal Spring, and uh, just fell in love with the climate, the sounds, the, the musical genres, pulsating in Colombia. In Mexico, and um, just became part of my spirit and soul. And, I, and as soon as I finished college at SUNY, I moved right to Miami and uh, found so many beautiful genres of music here in the city. It was just amazing. It was marvelous. Soca, song, ska, reggae. It was just everywhere. Salsa, merengue, and um, it was a real melting pot, like we all know Miami is. And um, lo and behold, when the, the new millennium came, out comes a guy named Spam, and he really blew the blew the lid off the roof. You know, I mean, he was putting together some really funky stuff, just uh, experimenting with all these genres that I had grown up here in Miami with, and uh, just from there spawned a, a family of beautiful people and music. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. So you you feature these people on Maya Town, right? That's the name of the the CD. It's M A I M I A Town, right? Correct. And and 
right now, I think everybody on the, the album, except for what is it? Uh, most everybody is featured in Miami Bohem. Is that right? Uh, three, three of the bands are, are on Maya Town are featured in Miami Bohem. Which three? Very uh, thankfully, we have uh, Suenalo, Locos por Juana, and of course Spam All Stars. Yeah, and that's going to be airing on Thursday night at 9 p.m. on PBS. That's locally Channel 2. Um, and today is the 24th, so I guess that's on the 28th, right? Wednesday, uh, yeah. Thursday night, March 28th at 9 p.m. on PBS. So those three groups are featured in my Miami Bohem, and you got involved with Spam back in the Oikomoyer days, is that correct? Um, I would have to say I would go beyond... Just then, uh, I, there was a place called I.O., I think, that I saw him way back right. when and on the beach many times. I, I, I definitely been going to Oiko Moyer for a long time. Now. What a great vibe. Yeah. I, I've, in fact, I've been going to Calle Ocho, the festival, which just happened a couple of weeks ago. 28 straight years. Oh, my gosh. To give you an idea of my conviction to the city and the and the sounds and the, and the party festival I just, uh, I can't do enough for Miami. You know, all these genres coming together, I found it so difficult to describe, as do all the bands. I mean, each band describes themselves in five different adjectives. So I was really <laughs> searching for a way to make their music cross over so that now, everybody in the world could enjoy them the way they're, they're so deserved of. Now, tell me a little bit about the track we're going to listen to in a second. It's by Locos Por Juana. Uh, which is fronted by Itahui Correa. He's a Colombian. And it's called Miami Rockets. Well, it's a funny story, actually. Uh, Itagui is a part of Medellin, Colombia, where I happen to study. And uh, I took a great liking to the band uh, due to that exposure to the culture of Medellin. And, uh, you know, I told him, I was, I was harassing him one day. I go, you guys got to write a song about Miami. Miami's giving you a lot you got to give something back. And that was his response. And, and I'm so humbled and, and really just uh, in awe of, of the greatness of this song and how it represents the city and tells the story of his life coming to, to, to Miami. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. And so many great people in this town, Elastic Pond, Bachaco, Experimento, Suenalo, Spam, Palo. Oh, my God. Conjunto Progreso. we got a good thing going on here in Miami. And the people need to stand up and be proud and represent. No, we have a great thing going on in Miami. And great. George, uh, where can our audience find your album on Twitter, on the website, on iTunes? Tell me a little bit. iTunes, yeah. Maya Town. The, the record's called The Big Five. It's a tribute to the Big Five Country Club, the Cuban Country Club out in the Southwest. All right. And uh, I, I, it was such a hurried project for me to get it out for the Latin Alternative Music Conference. I had to leave out a few bands that I would have loved to put in there. Oh, I but think it, it's pretty good where it's at. It really at. represents the, the sound of my account genre that I really believe in. And, uh, you know, features guitar, beats, and brass. And so where can they find your website? What's your website? Oh, myatown.us, and myatown on Twitter. Maya Town equals Miami on Facebook and iTunes, Spotify. You can find us. Search. We're not far. All righty. Well, thank I, you so much, Papa G, for coming on the show tonight. Well. And we're going to lead out for a minute here and listen to Miami Rockets by Locos hey. Por Juana. God bless. Thank you. All right. 
Welcome back. You're listening to 305 Live Special Report on Miami Boheme. This segment covers Paulo and his recording of a live album during the Miami Boheme recording. Um, this CD, as I mentioned earlier, I believe was recorded um, at our 10-year anniversary show at PAX. And a lot of our fans have been sort of bugging us for a while. Um, we want a new CD, and we'd like to hear a recording of you playing live. So this is the result of that. And if you want to listen to it, I think you'll get a decent idea of what we're talking about. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to just go kind of in order and, and listen to maybe like 15 to 30 seconds of each track. So uh, what's the first track? The first track is a song called... Dale Palo, and um, it's sort of built on a play on words that really doesn't work very well in, in English. Uh, just very quickly, the word palo in Spanish, if you don't speak Spanish, it means stick. Literally, it's a stick, but it's also got other connotations, sexual connotations. I'll let you, I'll let you <laughs> fill in, and a lot of other connotations. Wait, I, I bought a palo de limpia. Ah, there you go, yeah. yeah. Um, so, th so literally, if you tell somebody, well, uh, she's misbehaving, Dale palo. That could mean, well, hit her with a stick, but it could also mean something else. Dale palo, just fill in the blank. Use your imagination. There's a little bit of a, and I know this is a family show, so I'm not going to describe anything, uh, you know, really pornographic. But oh, so dale, dale. That, that's that is the kind of like the joke behind the song. And th this song started as an improv. I originally had the beat for another song, and we just improvised it one night, and that's how the song was written. And it stuck. It stuck. Let's hear it. Awesome. 
Wow. Awesome. He, when you said cut out, he really did. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he said, yeah. So, we're, uh, by the way, just for our listening audience, we are skipping the rest of the breaks here. This show's 100% underwritten by Morningside Mortgage, our wonderful sponsor. So there's not going to be a commercial break until the 55-minute mark of the hour. We're going to keep listening to tracks. So what's the next track? Um, the next track, and uh, this one is also built on a somewhat suggestive double meaning. I don't know how these ended up first and second on the album. This one is called La Malanga Resbala. Malanga, for those of you who don't know, is a root vegetable popular among Cubans and other Latin Americans. And when you see it in the grocery store, it just kind of looks like a furry, big, brown uh, carrot carrot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's in like soups. Yeah. A lot of soup. And, and when, you, Sopa de when you peel it, it looks like some other things. And it's also very slippery. So the, oh, song, is called, slippery. the song is called Malanga Slips. I think something Malanga like that. Malanga Slippery. Okay, so yeah. you, it, the song in the song you say... You have to learn how to handle the, the malanga. Yeah, that's what it's like a, a, an advice. There's a play on words, perhaps. There you there. go. So that's a new one, right? That's that is a new another song. new song, and that one uh, was just kind of came up in my head, and I, um, I had an idea, and I kind of wrote the, that chorus, and then um, I knew the kind of verses I wanted to write, and I got together with uh, Leslie and our dear friend Leslie's cousin Pepin Rivero, who is an incredible songwriter, and we finished the verses out together. But when you get to hear the whole song, you 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 can see not only. If you if you haven't heard this kind of music before, you can tell just by listening to the intro that we use funk beats and we use kind of like Cuban sounds on top of it. So right off the bat, you hear the blend there, you hear the fusion. Um, but the songs are coming from a lot of them a very traditional kind of a Cuban standpoint. Most of our music is pure Spanish, and for those people who don't speak Spanish, they still still seem to enjoy it anyway. And what's incredible about this that unfortunately you're you're gonna you're just gonna have to come to a show or get the music online to appreciate it, is that as the songs develop, you hear the virtuosity of Leslie Cartaya, our lead singer, and she takes this stuff to another level later in the song. It builds and builds and builds, and she just um, brings it to uh, I don't know to a soulfulness and a musicality. And her improv is half the song. I mean, we get the song done, and then we get to the other part of the song where she's just improving, and it's it's really something to behold. Her and then the other musicians, Ed Calle on the sax, Raimero Lalde on timbales, and Philbert Armentero on congas. It, it's like a, really four of the best musicians I've ever met in my life, and I've been around a lot of good ones. So it's really an honor to to listen to these people uh, and perform with them and call them uh, fellow band members of Palo. That's great. So what is the next song we're going to hear here? 
the next song is a song called Fumando, and it's a uh, it, Fumando. Fumando means we're smoking. It just means smoking. It just means smoking. Yeah. Fumando. Fumando, and it it kind of says uh, it really doesn't make any statement. It just simply says all the smokers are outside smoking, and it came out of an observation that I made that you know because people realize that it's not nice to force other people to inhale your smoke that we have to do something about it, and that's acceptable. And I just noticed that, wow, I see a lot of people standing outside smoking. Now, that it totally makes me think of this wonderful Only in Miami sign at El Exquisito, a, a cafe on Calle Ocho. It's on Calle Ocho and 15th Avenue. I know it well. That Yet we both frequent. Um, and they have a great sign in the back that just has a picture of a guy with a cigar and it just a cigar and it just says smokers welcome. Yeah. <laughs> like you know you, I think of New York and they're like smokers get out of here. Yeah. But in Miami they're welcome. So let's hear Fumando. that song i just always like hum it along after it's done that's one of those songs and i um i put some violins in there uh, played by a a young really talented violinist locally here um cuban dude named uh, jorge oviedo and i wrote it thinking of some of like the cuban charanga stuff I, i tipped my hat to larry larry harlow el julio maravilloso the marvelous jew um who <laughs> the marvelous Jew. Yeah, who um worked that sound into his sound back in the sixties and seventies at Fani All Stars and he's actually a Apollo fan. He lives part time in Miami and comes and visits us now and then when, when he can and um that is just a song that kinda like as you keep listening to it, it just builds and builds like a train and gets this momentum going and the dancers love it. Actually in Miami Boheme there's a segment, uh one of our big fans, uh Leo um, is a pre-med student and he's just followed us ever since he discovered us and he loves to dance. He's a dance instructor, a great salsa dancer. And there's a little segment about dancing because dance is so important to our culture here. And um, so the song that, that Joe and Ralph chose to sort of feature in that segment is Fumando and you see these kids dancing to the thing and it's spectacular visually to just watch these people with such energy dancing to the music and and you can see as the song builds that you know the the dancers get more and more psyched and then you you know they cut to a scene in packs when we're playing the song and and these people like by the way that night was amazing you were there grant it was like maybe oh, like yeah you know, I mean, 400 500 people packed into the room i've never seen even close to that many people there i think the most i've ever seen was about 200 people for like a really big event 
Yeah. And it was electric. I mean, it was really the, the way the place should have been every single week if anybody could make it happen. Yeah. It, and, you know, that that is one of the things that um, that I don't talk about much. But one of the things that I appreciate about the people who do come out is that they sustain the scene. But I don't want anyone to get complacent with this. I think the people who love culture and love this original art that's being created, whether it's visual art or uh, music or whatever it happens to be, um, make sure not only that you keep supporting it yourself, but that you evangelize a little bit and you spread the word to your friends and people who don't do it. Uh, talk, you know, if you find one of the bands spectacular, uh, spread the word and help, and bring your friends. And I know that's what has sustained us because a lot of people already do that. And if people could just keep doing that, I think we'll be able to sustain the, the scene. Now, what's the next track on our list here? The next track on the list is, I think I sent you a list, but I actually forget. Um, let me look here real quickly. Um, the next track is a song called Mi Protección. And if you only play a couple minutes uh, or like 30 seconds of it, you won't get much of a sense for that. We might want to go, if they can go to track six. Yeah, let's go to track six. And that's a song that a lot of people know from Palo. It's a song called Lengua Larga, and that is a song about a gossiper. And that one, this is a live version of the song, so you, no one's ever heard this before. Wait a minute. You're saying there's gossipers in Miami? Yeah, well, uh, a couple. A couple. Okay, well, yeah. let's hear it. This is Lengua Larga. Yeah, and once again, um, a lot of people have heard the studio version of that because our album's been out, you know, for a few years. And this, for people who like some of the songs on there, there's uh, there's four. Like I mentioned earlier, there's four songs that have never been released before, and um, the other six are songs that that they know from the studio version. But these are the ones where we're all on, sweating on the same stage together with the crowd, and that's really. What Palo is all about is the interaction between the musicians and between the music band and the and the audience, and it's it's really a rare thing. And you guys, you guys definitely encourage your audience to sing along, right? Well, yeah, I mean we do, and there there are songs that we do that kind of we have built up that way over time, and other things just spontaneously we'll see the people singing along without even any encouragement. Lengua Larga is one of those. It's it's a song where people really like to sing it to each other and you know, laugh at each other and kind of call each other, well, you're the gossiper, and no, I'm not, you are, and that sort of thing. There's one other song that we haven't heard yet, which is the last cut. It's number 10, and that's um, that's one of those uh, songs that's never been released before. That's a song called El Festín de Santiago. It's about a party gone wrong, and uh, it's it's built on the traditional conga beat, from which comes from that part of Cuba, but it's actually the, in this case, Santiago is misleading because it's the guy's name, who had the party, and uh, if you speak Spanish and you you end up hearing this song, you'll hear the whole story of what happened at his party. Okay, so let's hear it. Oh. 
It's got such great energy. I mean, the live sound really comes through. Yeah, that I have to also credit um, our audio guys, uh, Phil Coladetti and Bobby McEwen, uh, two audio engineers who not only were they doing the PA that night, but they were also recording the whole thing, and they also worked on the post-production, which means they helped mix and master the album. So it's got um, a very relatively clean sound it's really well documented extremely clean i mean it really sounds like a studio album but every once in a while you hear the crowd leaking in and you hear things that you know the interplay between musicians that is almost impossible to achieve in a typical modern studio setting because usually when a band records a studio album they don't all play at the same time and that's how we did our first album it was like you know i'd lay down the tracks and the percussion would come in and then we do the background vocals and then leslie would sing and then ed would play and it's you don't get the interaction that you do in a live situation no and and not only that but the the rhythm and the energy and the interaction with the crowd and it's just it's very different yeah it's very different i think that it's uh you know not a lot of groups play live you know, they play live albums, but they don't like record live anymore. Like Jimi Hendrix Experience used to do that, mm-hmm. where they would take, you know, all the musicians, put them in a studio, and then record them live. Yeah. So it, it definitely gives you a great taste of what it's really like to be at one of these shows. Well, after after doing this uh, album in this way, I'm I'm tempted to do another one sometime in the future in a similar way, just because... The, it you can't replace that interaction with the audience, and that's why I hope um, those of you who kind of like what you're hearing um, give us a shot or one of the bands. Yeah, yeah. You can find Steve at GoPolo, and Steve, thank you so much and for being on the show. This was fun. Congratulations on a really great show, and and uh, thank you all for tuning in. And please feel free to write and just say that you listened, and uh, hope to see you soon at one of our gigs. Miami Boheme which is coming out tomorrow night on PBS television at 9 p.m. That's Channel 2 at 9 p.m. tomorrow night, March 27th, 2014. The Miami Bohem movie was directed by award-winning director Joe Gardona and produced by Steve Reutstein, who also appears in the film as its narrator. The film follows the Miami music scene and six local acts that created a new Miami sound fusing Latin, American, Cuban, and African rhythms and sounds into something completely new, a Miami fusion sound. Those groups are Suenalo, Locos Por Juana, Elastic Bond, Afrobeta, the Spam All-Stars, 